listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's a big world out there, and you're just looking for a pat on the back or head. You run around the city, searching for a place to bark, working your tail off with your nose to the ground, sniffing for a few scraps, hoping someone will throw you a bone. You take each lead, collar after collar, hoping one day to take a bite out of success and become the top dog. Fortunately, you come home each day to open arms, open cans, a drink waiting for you, and a comfortable place in front of a TV set. You know you've got it good, really good, because after all, it's a doggy dog world out there. Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with your host, pet expert and award-winning author, Liz Palaika, and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Hi, welcome to It's a Doggy Dog World. I'm your host, Liz Palaika, and with me today, as always, are my good friends, Petra Burke Hello. and Kate Abbott. How do? And today's conversation is came to being, we've talked about it before, but it came to being this time because of a private training that Kate went to. And not just one. In the last couple, well, whenever there's a holiday, there's an increase in requests for private training sessions. <laughs> The Christmas tree. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, what are we going to do with the dog and the Christmas tree? And I tree? have a party at my house this and, year. And guests are Family coming over. Coming. They've never been to my house before. <laughs> this dog is out of control. I need yeah, to fix it. all of those people are home more, and so they see the dog. I don't know. But there's always an increase. Okay, there's an increase in the crazy ones. But also just, <laughs> just in general in training. So, as has happened throughout the year, but because I've been doing more private training sessions, I'll end up telling somebody, well, you know, this is typical of this breed. And they'll sort of nod and then look at me like, huh? What? Yeah. So, okay, an example. I went out on a young Australian cattle dog, recently adopted, and she was, one of the new owner's questions was, how do I get him to be more sociable when we meet other people with dogs on the walk? And first of all, before we even go into breed traits, he's past the puppy age of socialization. Correct. He's already missed that. Right. So whenever somebody says, I want to socialize, they call me up. I want to do a private training and, and socialize my three-year-old dog to being around other dogs. <laughs> that ain't going to happen. We can work on training and having them be nicer about it with more manners. But that initial formatting of the hard drive is what I think of for socialization. That. That window's closed. That's done. So then you have to overlay some training. But what I wanted to explain to this woman was is that typically most herding breeds are not all that thrilled with being the life of the party and meeting strange dogs. Mm -hmm. Unless they're with their own. Herding dogs talk to each other and they know each other. Mm -hmm. But, for example, Petra and I have herding dogs. One of our other trainer has labs. All of these dogs are nice dogs, but the herding dogs don't understand lab. And the lab tries very hard to understand the herding dogs, but there's a lack of communication there. Two different languages. Yeah. Well, and it it reminds me, here I go on one of my... (laughs) So um, many years ago, a friend and I took a trip to the Florida area. Now, my friend had never been out of San Diego. And no sooner had we landed in Atlanta, and one of the airline officials was talking to her. And my friend just kept smiling and staring at her, and finally she said, I have no idea what she's saying. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, how you doing? Oh, it's so nice. Welcome to Atlanta. Are you going to have a good... Has anybody asked you to carry anything with you on the plane? And V's going, I don't know what I should be answering. What did she say? <laughs> oh, poor. We went into a Waffle House because you have to go into a Waffle House when you're in the South. And the worst. Oh, what would you like? Would you like some waffles? You want some of the grits and some eggs? And Beast going. And she just looked at you again like, I have no idea what she's saying. So (laughs) So pretty much, yes. Herding dog. It's it's accents is the way I think about it. Yes. 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 They're all speaking dog, but with a heavy herding breed accent. Yes. Or Or dialect. Or sporting dog accent. Mm -hmm. Right. And I remember the feeling of going to England and, you know, going into a pub and having someone talk to me and I had absolutely no idea what he had asked me. <laughs> I knew we were both speaking English. But, but American that, English and the Queen's <laughs> English. Yes. And I and I just stopped him and I said, let me tell you off the bat, I'm an American from California. I have no idea what you have just said. <laughs> did but he I laugh? And he did. And, and it was a great icebreaker and I had four guys in their 60s who promptly took me under their wing. <laughs> And tried to teach me pub language and what drinks to order. And did you just smile and nod? I did. It was great. And they spoke spoke more clear as more beers. They did. (laughs) We actually had a wonderful time. We played darts the whole show. It was a great icebreaker. But so anyway, you had to explain to this Australian cattle dog owner that. I said, who do you meet? consistently and she said golden retrievers well okay golden retrievers are the hey welcome to the party come on in and i said that's very not australian shepherd or australian Australian cattle dog dog, excuse me it's not aussie either (laughs) right um so again as people we know some of us have big personal space domes around us yes i do huh (laughs) Um, yes, I do. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> Other people get right up, brushing your skin, talking in your face. Some people like that. Others are uncomfortable. So Some of us step back. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I seem to remember one time a very, very friendly student was chasing you around the field. Yes. Because she, was, she I, was like a golden retriever. She was so nice and friendly and happy and, and didn't I, want to growl at her. And I kept stepping back. <laughs> yes. And I don't think she even noticed it. No, no. She just no. kept wanting to get close. I, because that was comfortable and happy for her. Yeah. And Liz is like, no. Yeah. <laughs> we're standing there laughing. And didn't help me. Nobody came to help me. But they laughed. <laughs> and when you think about it, we do have the ability to use our speech. And heck, even when I was in France and I had very minimal French, I could still get through to people by using Anyway, but dogs don't have that kind of speech right. to talk about their differences. And so what I recommended to her was that she just step in front of her dog and build trust with the dog that... He didn't have to snap at the friendly space invader because she wouldn't let that space invader get into his circle. Mm-hmm. I do that with my herding dogs a lot. In fact, I've noticed that Bones, who's three and my youngest, now will put himself behind me. And sometimes I get a nose in the back of the thigh. Go, Mom. Take care of it. <laughs> but you know what? I would much rather he did that than he tried to handle it himself. 
So knowing, and I, again, went off on one of my weird analogies, but I was saying, when you're picking a dog, you're sort of picking a tool. Yes, you're picking a family member, of course. Mm -hmm. But you're also picking a breed that was developed for a purpose. Exactly. And knowing what that purpose is can help you understand your dog's behavior, and frankly, whether it's the right breed for you. And I think you need to to look at two purposes. It's ancestral purpose and what is evolved to now. To now. Right. Because if we take that friendly golden retriever, they were originally a very efficient bird dog, a hunter's bird dog. Now, though, although there are people who still use them in the field, they are primarily the friendly, happy-go-lucky, perennial puppy pet dog. Yeah. So the bird dog heritage is still there, but it's back there a few generations. So let's get a couple things out of the way. First of all, there will always be the asterisk that says individual dogs may vary. Yes, always. Not all Scotchmans are dour and not all Irishmen are drunks and, you know, okay. But you go with the type. The general. The general. The, the, the average. And then uh, I had another asterisk. What oh, was dear. I going to say? I forgot. <laughs> okay. The, the, the. Oh, and then what we often call, some some people call the field or the pet or the show. Uh, right. Yeah. Right. Right. So, Within, like, the golden retriever, yeah, for example. Right. So the golden retrievers <laughs> that are bred primarily for show are mm-hmm. going to have a different temperament mm-hmm. as well as a different look. Mm-hmm. Those that are bred for field work to still mm-hmm. do primarily mm-hmm. the retrieving and so forth are going to have a different temperament. Mm-hmm. Right. And the then there pet. are the, the golden retrievers that are bred primarily to be that perennial puppy. Right. And that's the one that most people see and are familiar with. And that's the happy-go-lucky golden who's happy to see everybody. And keep in mind, we're not critiquing here. We're they using that an as example. an example. Yeah. Yeah, They're an just, example. again, if I can be so cold as to say it's a tool for a function. Mm-hmm. And the sad part is when there's a mismatch between somebody who wanted the pet retriever mm-hmm. and they end up with the field history mm-hmm. and the dog is going, give me a bird to retrieve, give me a bird to retrieve. And they're going, wait, mm-hmm. I want you to lay in front of the fire and be mellow. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Well, Petra and I have had Australian shepherds for many, many years, generations of Aussies, and we see that mix match a lot. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because Aussies were originally bred to be a versatile farm dog, primarily in the West, and they had to be tough enough to handle cattle, yet soft enough to handle ducks or, or chickens. They had to be, be protective of the farm or the ranch, but yet friendly enough to be be good around the rancher's kids. Mm-hmm. So this was a dog with a purpose. And so many people would get the dog because of its size and appearance, which is a very handsome, attractive dog, a nice medium size. But then this dog would be pacing the house or barking or becoming overly protective, becoming frustrated and destructive because he didn't have a job to do. And... People are often shocked when I say, but wait a minute, Australian Shepherds were not bred to be a pet. Exactly. They were bred to be a working farm and ranch dog. And the owners are just astounded. That's what I say. They think dog covers everything. Mm -hmm. What is that 
as National Geographic that I was so amazed with a couple of years ago. If people varied as much as dog breeds do, oh yes, people would vary between three feet in height to seventeen feet, right, or something along. Oh, that. They had right. that photo of a gigantic Great Dane and a little bitty teeny tiny teacup Chihuahua, yeah, uh, yeah, who was barely bigger than the Great Dane's foot. <laughs> and so to say, well, I I got a dog. That doesn't begin to really cover the wide variety and needs of mm-hmm. job and food and exercise and training and uh, just everything. Mm-hmm. So one of the great things about dogs is there are so many tools we can pick from. Right. The variety is endless. Even a mutt. And what's nice is the people who, who know that yes. want to get the right dog tool for their family and then talk to... The professionals. And not only are they happier, but the dog is happier. Yes. Which, of course, is my ultimate goal. And, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. It's nice if the people are happy, but I want the dog happy. Mm-hmm. Right. Before I got Bones, my English Shepherd, I talked to a lot of people and did a lot of research because I knew I could satisfy the needs of Australian Shepherds, but I wanted to make sure that I could also do right by an English Shepherd who is even more of a working farm dog than the Aussie is. And so I quizzed his potential breeder. I quizzed her and quizzed her and quizzed her and asked questions. And I read and I did online research. And then even like days before I brought home this puppy who who I already knew was going to be mine, I asked her again, I can do this, right? (laughs) Dude. Remember when I got the opportunity to get my Jack Russell Terrier? Oh, right. And we talked about it. And and I got to have a week or two with him Mm -hmm. as a trial. Right. And even so, I remember I called a student Uh who I thought had wonderful rapport with more than one of her Jack Russells. Mm -hmm. And and she's a vet tech, too. And I remember calling her going, do you think I can Uh do this? Mm -hmm. (laughs) She went, hang on, let me think. Yes, you can do it. (laughs) (laughs) And I was 90% committed, but I still wanted someone with experience with a breed. Right. Right. Exactly. You know, I mean, people, I swear people spend more time picking out the kind of car they're going to get. Yeah. Seems like do more research on the car. Mm Because that's also Mm -hmm. a functional tool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And some people buy it for the prestige or the looks. But others are like, can we get all four kids in it safely? So, you know, it's another function that you look at as part of mm-hmm. whether to bring something. I mean, I know over the years, just people talking, oh, my God, that's so cute. You know, I want to get one of those. Yeah. And I, bur- I burst the bubble. Why? Yeah. But they're cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> then you start going in, you know, like we all would do. You know, this is what this dog does. This is how big it's going to get. This is activity it's going to need. Before you know it, the people are looking at me, well, I don't want the dog anymore. Right. Exactly. You know what? Get a picture of the dog. (laughs) And you can always see how cute it is. Yeah. Yeah, Get a stuffed animal of the dog. Mm -hmm. When I had the Rottweilers, you know, people, oh, are they lovely? Are they good for, maybe our next dog should be a Rottweiler. No. Are uh-huh. you prepared to live with this? You know, and yeah. then go through my list. Yeah. I think we've all talked people out of dogs. I know I have. Lots of people. And, a, and of course, you know, a well-trained dog makes that tool look like a good tool. 
But just like a saber saw in someone's hands could do a lot of damage or it could be a beautiful woodworking tool. Mm-hmm. Okay, it. I'm not going to take that analogy any further. <laughs> <laughs> this power tool can cut off my finger. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. So that's... so. Anyway. Now, when you do your research on a breed, don't talk only to breeders. Because what we've heard from other students is that the breeder says, yes, this is a wonderful dog. And it's so good. Take two. Oh, that's a whole no. That's a whole other. But they're awesome. The breed is awesome. They do better when there's two. Here's here's that analogy, right? Okay. You you say, you go to the only, you go to three different Ford dealers and say, what kind of van should I get? They're going to tell you Fords. (laughs) There you go. Right? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we need to take a break for our sponsors, so hold on. We've got a lot more to talk about when we get back. Sit. Stay. It's a doggy dog world. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Nature at its best is nature at its simplest. At Red Barn, we've kept it simple for 20 years by concentrating on single-ingredient natural dog treats. Because Mother Nature's actually pretty good at this. Bones are just tasty bones. Meat treats are just nourishing meat. It's nature at its simplest. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Natural Treats. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our slow-roasted natural meaty bones. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Begging to hear more of your favorite show? Full episodes of all our shows are available on demand. Go to PetLifeRadio.com to fetch our entire lineup of possum pet podcasts. Also, dig us up in iHeartRadio Talk and iTunes. Let's talk pets. Live and on demand only from Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com We know you're begging for more. So back to It's a Doggy Dog World with your fetching hosts, Liz Palaika and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Welcome back to It's a Doggy Dog World. This is your host, Liz Palaika, with my good friends, Petra Burke and Kate Abbott. Occasionally, we do get a call from someone who says, I'm thinking about such and such a breed. What do you as a trainer think about this breed? Oh, we love and those we people. love those people. And we can tell them what we see as dog trainers, both when we see the puppy come into puppy class and go through the, the different levels of classes with us, and when we see the adolescent or adult dog come in that's not had the start of training exactly. or the one that's not well matched with the owner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We had a case recently of an older couple with, a giant breed dog, and I won't say what kind it is. Maybe they listen to our podcast. <laughs> but they had had this particular breed all their married life. 
I think all their adult yeah, life. Yeah, at least 35 years? 40 years, 40 something so like that. a long time, this particular breed. And when their older dog passed away, at an old age, especially for a giant breed dog, they immediately got another one as a puppy. Now, what is weird about this mm-hmm. is that in the past year, six months, we've had two older couples mm-hmm. that have had the same breed all of their adult lives. Yeah. When their last adult dog got old and died, they went and got another one. And in both cases, they got a different line Yes. than they had in the past. And yes. these are different dogs. So yes. The owners are older. The lineage and the purpose of the tool is a little different than what they were used to. And they're mm-hmm. both couples are extremely frustrated. And in the past, they had more than one dog, so the older dog would help raise the younger dog. Mm-hmm. In both cases, they're mm-hmm. trying to raise the puppy on their own, being older and being in different situations. Mm-hmm. And it is, and they are so frustrated. Yeah. But we've always had X-breed. Yes. We can't imagine having any other kind, but it's not working for either of those couples. No. No. Yeah. They're both extremely frustrated. And then... The young dog, the puppy, the young dog, the teenager, is extremely frustrated. Yep. Oh yeah. So I mean, I even had—I remember having a talk with that with the man and said, it, "This breed is not what you known thirty-five years ago." Yeah, it's not it's the same not Ford the same. anymore. No, it's not the same Ford. It's changed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Same manufacturer, different model. Yeah. <laughs> Thirty-five years this later. Is not about higher power. Higher powered. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of that. In that puppy. Better engine. So I, I think besides looking at just the dog breed itself, is people have to look at themselves also, and we do all get older, mm-hmm. uh, and and our abilities change. Again, there are the rare ones. The woman who said, "I've had Aussies for years." She is a friend of yours. Mm-hmm. I've had Aussie for years. Now I've gotten to the age where if something happened, I could not pick the dog up. Right. Mm-hmm. What? Let's talk about a different breed for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, we had a long talk. It was great to talk with someone who mm-hmm. realistically looked at her situation. She wasn't on the same property that she'd been on before. Right. So she had different needs. She had needed a different tool. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, oh, it was such a great, mm-hmm. oh, it was wonderful to talk to that woman. And say, yes. Here's your choice of new tools. Mm-hmm. Now go out and do some more research. See which one appeals to you, etc. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I do love. In one of your books, you did say that when choosing a dog, ultimately you want to be able. You want a dog that when you look at it, you smile. Yes. Yes. Like when you look at that face right there. Yes. Hi. <laughs> so you know that is part of it. That is part of it. But you're not going to be smiling at them if you're frustrated and they're frustrated. And there's going to be some frustration during puppyhood. And there's going to be some frustration, especially during adolescence. (laughs) I mean... That's the definition of adolescence. Yeah. But (laughs) overall, 98% of the time, you want to look at your dog and be happy that that he's in your life. And smile. Mm -hmm. And that was another reason I thought about, you know, a, a hardcore working farm dog before I brought him home. You know, my my lifestyle's different now than it was in the past. It's just me now. My husband's passed away before I'd raised puppies, and he was in the household also. So it was this time it was me and my older dog. Thank goodness my old dog stepped up to the plate <laughs> and helped. But uh, that took some thought on my part. 
I was 99% sure, yeah, I can handle this, no problem. But it, at least I thought about it. And did some research. Uh-huh, yeah. So, again, there's the asterisk. There the. I mean, the joke is with my Jack Russell that when he does therapy work and people come up and go, is that really a Jack Russell? <laughs> Sitting quietly in and, and then you know, you know, a, a few him? people have said out loud, "Is he drugged? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> How many Benadryl did you give him?" Yeah. But if they ever saw him running and playing and chasing critters, they would realize that he, he is, is a, a real life Jack, Jack Russell. Russell. Yeah. He has simply yeah. had training and he's learned self control. And you know, and I understood the tool I was picking up, and I took mm-hmm. steps to give him outlets for what he needs. Mm-hmm. That way, he gets to chase critters. He gets to chase <laughs> critters, and he has lots of fun. And if, and if there aren't those, then I pick up the toy that I made that's a critter that he can chase, mm-hmm. and we do that. So anyway, but look at what are your needs and wants, both, and and are they com- compatible? And is there the right tool? If you're a happy, outgoing kind of person, then look for a more sociable. I I gave this woman with a cattle dog. um, Imagine a whole pack of beagles, you know, on a fox hunt. So they're bouncing off of each other and bang and just, it's a great big noisy rave going down the road. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So in general... Beagles are okay with that. That's cool. Now, if you did that with Australian cattle dogs, you would have one humongous fight because they would all, their space would be invaded. They'd be very unhappy. I said, when you have a mental image of an Australian cat, what do you you see? One of them racing around a huge flock of sheep or running over their backs by themselves Mm -hmm. and their owner. There might be a few, but if there are, they are working different sides and reporting to the boss. So totally different ways of looking at life. And don't try to put a round peg in a square hole and vice versa. So look at the generals. And we were actually talking about how different breed registrations divide the dogs up differently. Mm-hmm. AKC, herding breed, sporting uh, breed. Sporting, working, working, herding, toy, terrier, terrier. hounds, and non-sporting. non Non-sporting is a nice it's way of saying miscellaneous. miscellaneous. <laughs> right. But uh, some of the other registries break down, like they'll break sporting down into gun dogs and other sporting dogs. Some include herding in with working. Well, the AKC used to years ago. When uh, I first started showing, my German Shepherds were in the working group. And then about midway through my first German Shepherds show career, performance sports career, it split off into the herding, and I remember filling out entry forms going, working, oh, shoot, cross it off. <laughs> herding dog. <laughs> and nowadays, I don't know how many German Shepherds are still herding, at least here in the United States. I think most of them have moved in so their working. purpose to working. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But um, that might be kind of interesting if you're thinking, if you've seen a dog and you think it looks really, really cute, to look at how different breed registrations how they them. classify them. Right. That might give you more of a clue mm-hmm. as well. Going to the shows is one aspect of your tool. Research, 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 research. and Oh, oh, and rescue groups Oh, that sure. specialize in a breed. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can get a lot of very blunt information 
out of a lot of rescuers. Because well, they would just as soon see the a dog good group. A good group. A Some group. of them are just out there to place any dog as quickly as possible. But a good rescue group, because they want to see that dog go to its... It's a cliche, but it's what the rescue groups use. is forever home. They don't want that dog to be placed in the wrong home and then come back again. Right. Even more so, I well, the shelters try to, but they're under more pressure mm-hmm. to get the dogs out the door. And a lot of times they're manned by volunteers who have a very good heart but might not know all these breeds well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how many times we've come across the, it's not the breed thing said they adopted right you know right they come in oh this is a boxer it's a german shepherd (laughs) you know i mean that's drastic change but we see it all the time and then we do tell them we show them pictures and all of a sudden you're like oh my gosh and a lot of those people go home and do research Mm -hmm. and then realize Mm -hmm. you're right the english shepherd in one of our evening classes they thought it was a saint bernard mix and and we all looked at him and went no that's an english shepherd (laughs) as each of us walked into that area we went oh Who's the, who's the English Shepherd? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think yeah. the owners were getting a little, oh, what? What is this English Shepherd that you speak of? And I said, go home and do some research. Exactly. Go yeah. online. And they came back and went, he's got to be. Mm-hmm. All his behaviors, what he does, you know, not just what he looks like, but yeah. all his behaviors. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a change. Yeah. Uh, St. Bernard Cross, English Shepherd. <laughs> Two totally different Very tools. different tools there. <laughs> yeah. But once they started reacting to him as the owners of a herding dog and started challenging him, he's blossomed. Yes. Yeah. He's still a teenager yeah. and he's still pushing their buttons because he's a very smart puppy teenager. Yeah. But um, But he's blossoming and they're enjoying him more. Yes. And it's been fun it's like to this watch whole their... new relationship that we kind mm-hmm. of opened the doors for them. Right. Understanding what they had. Yeah, that's what they needed. It is very different. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. to sum it up, if you're researching a breed or if you've adopted a dog, if you're a little frustrated with your dog and you're trying to, to help the relationship, look at what the breed was originally designed to do and look at what the breed does today because those things can change they can evolve our world has changed many breeds are very very old and even some of the younger breeds doberman pinchers that's a young breed comparatively they were originally the tax man's protector and lewis doberman created this mixture of breeds to create specifically this dog and then they became the marine corps mascot and were war dogs and were very sharp and aggressive. And after uh, a couple of wars, the Doberman breeders said, wait a minute, we don't want this dangerous dog. And they've softened the temperament. And so the Doberman Pinscher today is a much softer, gentler breed than he used to be. He's still protective. He's still a working dog. But the breed has evolved over time. So look at both the original occupation and today's occupation. Talk to breeders, talk to trainers, talk to veterinarians. Yeah, yeah. And you do want to know about their health, their sure. the history of their health. Some sure, and uh, <laughs> and then take it from there. Sure. Yeah, exactly. If you want a, exactly. a dog, a dog, that's going to go on your marathon training jogging sessions, you're not going to go get a bulldog, or you shouldn't. Yeah. Okay. Right. It would be the wrong tool dog. 
Right. So try to look at it as much with your head as with your heart mm -hmm. that way. Very mm -hmm. true. Well, your heart's going to love the dog that you bring home. So anyway, so, so we want there to be the best match possible. Exactly. All right. Any other comments? I think we covered it. I think if we've gone through all these years and how many students have mismatched dogs, but yet would fit for one of our households, we'd each have like 20, 30 dogs. I mean, <laughs> yeah. 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 And there are times that we have wanted to say, you two, swap dogs. Yeah, that too. Yep, exactly. You guys, switch. You'll be happier. Yeah. Yeah, we've never said that, though. We might have thought it, but we never said it. Yeah. <laughs> Although I ran into a student not too long ago. And she said, oh, I remember you. We came to class, and on the first week, you told me we had the wrong dog. And she said, I was a little taken aback. But she said, but actually, I took the dog back. And now we have this breed, and we're so much happier. And the breeder said, oh, I didn't know blah, 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 blah. You're right to bring the dog back. And I don't make the snap. No, we, we take the dog-owner relationship very, very seriously, and... We rarely ever tell anybody this is the wrong dog for you. We, we usually we, try to educate the owners and, and try to make it work make for it work. them. Exactly. The only thing I do remember exactly. is that she had three young daughters. And no. I, I just remember saying, no, this is totally wrong. Not only the breed, but the way that dog was behaving. So right. Anyway, she's, and she was like, thank you for telling me that. Awesome. So nice. I was like, oh, well, that was so good. Nice. Okay, I did good. Yeah. <laughs> I wagged my tail nice. by now. <laughs> On that note, we're Call It Quits for tonight. <laughs> we'll see you again later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Having a rough day? Longing for the dog days of summer? Think your fun furry friend lives a dog's life? Well, find out everything you're begging to know as Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with pet expert and award-winning author Liz Palaika. Every dog has his day, and you'll find out how to make your dog's day fun and rewarding every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>